Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, this morning, we are talking about antibiotics. Tis the season for them. They have their place in modern medicine. And I'm sure most of you listening have taken antibiotics at some stage in your life. But what should they be used for and why are we becoming resistant to them? What's the future for antibiotics in conventional medicine? We are joined by Dr. Patrick Stapleton, who's a consultant and microbiologist at UHL this morning. Good morning to you, Doctor. Good morning, Gillian. Thank you. I remember an episode of ER going back years ago, right? Now, I know everybody fancied George Clooney in that, but I liked the other guy, Dr. Mark, you know, the big, tall, baldy fella. And he, I remember him going out to the... Uh, emergency room waiting room and telling everybody if anybody's here here has got a sore throat a runny nose and a cough and they're looking for an antibiotic go home you're not going to get one and like I I think that was probably 20 years ago and for those 20 years people have been telling us antibiotics are not for your common cold and required watching, I think, for medical students ER when, when, when we were in college. But um, you were here to sort of reiterate that message today and um, we, we have to, to, to keep emphasising it because, as you said, antibiotics are, are amazingly important drugs um, and really the foundation of modern medicine and we all have to uh, play our part if we're going to keep them working for us for when we really need them. So um, antibiotics are used to treat infections caused by bacteria um, and they're essentially wonder drugs for that. So previously... People might have got, say, a cut in their hand and developed sepsis from that and there was nothing that could be done. It was often fatal. But that doesn't really happen anymore in the last 70 or so years. Um, and also, in terms of other medical procedures that we do, things like major surgery or chemotherapy for cancer would essentially be impossible if we didn't have antibiotics to control infections afterwards. Um, but we are seeing uh, the rise of antibiotic resistance um, uh, as you mentioned, and that's essentially when an antibiotic that would have been used to treat an infection effectively in the past uh, will no longer work for that infection. Uh, and so if we think of antibiotics as a sort of a magic bullet that can clean up infection, what's happened in that situation is that uh, the bug that we're treating has kind of put on a bulletproof vest and the antibiotic is no longer working against the bug. So it's the bug that has become resistant. Uh, and the reason for that really is uh, due to the overuse of antibiotics and using them for uh, conditions like you mentioned, like colds and flus, where they're, where they're not really effective. Um, so we know that we uh, use a lot of antibiotics in Ireland. We use a lot more than in some other European countries. Uh, so, for instance, in Ireland, we use about twice as much antibiotics as in Scotland. Yeah, the thing that strikes me here, right, is you can't get, am I right in saying you cannot get an antibiotic without a prescription? Absolutely. Yeah. It's only on prescription so, from your So basically... GP. It's you lot that are to blame. It's well, the doctors because you're prescribing them. I mean, we we don't have medical degrees. We go along to our doctors and we give our symptoms. And yeah. if you guys give us an antibiotic, we're going to take it. So, well, I, I, absolutely. And I, I can I can talk about what medical professionals can do as well. But we all have a part to play in, and in terms of the public as well. An awareness of when an antibiotic may or may not be indicated and uh, why your GP might tell you that you shouldn't have an antibiotic and why that's uh, actually a good thing in many instances is uh, that's the message that we want to get out today. Um, and because we know even say in, in Limerick and in the Midwest, we know that we're high users of antibiotics compared to the rest of the country. And there's been some interesting research into why that 
might be by researchers at the University of Limerick. Well, it's found that, for instance, when people go to their GP, the GPs feel that there's sometimes a pressure to prescribe antibiotics, even if the GP knows that for things like colds and flu, that the antibiotics is unlikely to have or won't have any benefit for that patient. And in fact, it might be exposing the patient to risk of harm. So there are always side effects from antibiotics. Up to 10% of patients who take an antibiotic will experience a side effect, be it a rash or stomach pain or diarrhea. Um, but research by Dr. Jane Darcy at the University of Limerick found that um, patient, GPs, particularly if it's out of hours or if a patient has to pay to see the, the GP so they don't have a doctor visit card or a medical card, they, you know, the, the patient, there could be an expectation there that the GP feels that the patient feels like if they're not getting an antibiotic that they're not getting the best available treatment. But like you mentioned... No, 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 it's not just that they feel that they're not getting the best available treatment. What they really feel is they're not getting value for their money. Because if you go to the doctor and you're paying €60 to see your GP and he sends you home and says, take some Lemsip and go to bed, um, you're going to feel like you wasted your money going to see the GP. Well, like you said, in terms of the the, the ER example, where uh, patients who have a, a cold and a flu, they were told that they didn't need to be in an emergency department rating room. So there is a message out there that antibiotics don't work for colds and flus. They're 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 caused by viruses. Um, antibiotics have no action against them, and they won't make people feel better any quicker. Um, and in terms of what people can do if they get a cold and a flu and they're wondering, should I go to the doctor with this? There's some very uh, helpful websites out there. So under the weather, under the weather.ie has great information for common colds, flus, coughs, earaches about, uh, you know, how, what sort of symptoms uh, people can expect to have, how long they can expect to have them and measures that they can take that don't require going to a GP, um, you know, so painkillers that they can take, advice around rest and advice around how long they can expect to have symptoms. And in many cases, say, a sore throat may take a week to resolve, or a cough that's due to a cold may take up to two or three weeks to resolve. Um, And that's not something that people are necessarily aware of, and that's why they might attend the GP, because they think, oh, it's not getting better after two days. But there is information out there that can help people make a decision about whether or not they need to go to a GP. Okay. Let's have a listen to what the general public, because we all have an idea of what the general public think about antibiotics. But our own uh, Katie went out onto the streets of Limerick City to ask people about antibiotics and when they take them. So let's take a listen. I suppose the one opinion I would have in it is that, uh, and I know from uh, talking to uh, a consultant before, that there is a view out there that when people go to see their local GP, and they're being charged 50 quid or whatever that the GP often feels under pressure to prescribe an antibiotic because they feel that the customer feels that they require value for money or something like that when in a lot of cases uh, might be the appropriate but it's often driven by the, the customer as opposed to the doctor but I suppose really it should be the doctor dictating whether it's required or not. Do any of you have kids? Yeah, yeah. we both have kids. Well, yeah. my kids are adults now. And would you be kind of of the mind to you know just get the illness gone for whatever means? No, it depends like if it's a viral infection and it's just you know they're a bit nasally then no but like if they you know our girl had croup before and she'd need an antibiotic you know but she was in a bad way so um no look I, our experience has been doctors have been slow to prescribe particularly for small kids you know one year old two year old and i think i think ireland's a bit better like spain you get a lot of our people going out to spain and been able to get stuff in pharmacies over the counter without having to get a script you know so uh I don't know, I think Ireland is uh, the lesser of two evils when you when you think of it that way. What do you think of superbugs and their resistance to antibiotics? Is it something that's kind of worrying? It is, I suppose. I try and avoid antibiotics as much as possible. 
they're probably overprescribed and I find that after taking them I would be more susceptible to lots of other colds and flus throughout the season so I think sometimes they're given out just as a, an in-case when they're probably not needed and it's not helping matters so. Do you think they are being thrown out a bit willy-nilly? Uh, they are but I'd say they're under pressure as well because I know while I do feel that way if my kids are sick I'm delighted when to get antibiotics at the same time so I'm probably a bit of a hypocrite there. So. Do, do you think parents maybe are a bit premature when bringing their kids to the doctor and kind of wanting to get them on antibiotics? Maybe just out of, you know, worry themselves but do you think in the long run it mightn't be the best idea? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, spe- I especially see it with kids. Once they're prescribed antibiotics, you can be sure that they're going to pick up other things. But sometimes, you know, it is the only way to get rid of the sickness that they have. So if you prolong it, you just see them suffering, you know. So. When was the last time you had to be prescribed antibiotics? Six months ago. I would rarely go to the doctor, to be honest. It's a man thing. <laughs> uh, do you think that maybe the doctors give out antibiotics a bit too willy-nilly? Always, yeah. Always. I think that's the first thing we do give out. It's just antibiotics. It just feels like that it's going to cure people quite easy. It doesn't matter what the illness is. So, yeah, I do think so. I just think that there's potentially not enough doctors and um, places where people can go. So, I mean, like a lot of the walk-in doctors, there's so many people going into them now that they're just throwing out antibiotics and whatever kind of medication just to get people in and out, which just doesn't help either, you know. Have you had that in your experience? I have. I have recently, yeah. I mean, my own son was quite sick when he was young, so he was on quite a lot of medication. We did discover that the medication he was given was wrong as well. He had tonsillitis, but they were giving him special medication. So for years, he kept getting more sick and more sick. But we discovered then, once he got his tonsils out, the illness stopped, but the medication they were giving him all along was wrong. So I am reluctant to what medication I will give him because of that but I mean it, it comes on different cases you know whatever is wrong with the kid and whatever the situation is Do you trust kind of doctors less because of that? Yeah potentially but I mean there's a lot going around now that people will not go to a doctor because of the care they get me myself not my experience I will be reluctant to go to a doctor to be honest and even go to the hospital but again if you're really ill you've no other choice you know Dare I say typical man Maybe well there's the phenomenon of man flu I suppose has been talked about but um I do think that um, it's important to note that if, if a GP or a doctor has prescribed an antibiotic, we would um, emphasise that you know it's important to follow the instructions that were given. So in terms of uh, how to take antibiotics properly, you know it, it's important to finish the full course if you've been prescribed an antibiotic, uh, to not share that antibiotic with anybody else because it, it you know it may cause harm to them. I'm astounded yeah. actually. I mean, very educated people. <laughs> who have told me, oh, it's okay, I still have some left from the last time I was sick, I'll just take that. Um, or, oh, I have some if you'd like to borrow some. No, um, so if somebody Matt. has antibiotics at home, we would ask that actually um, they would bring that to their pharmacy so that it can be safely disposed of and not simply to throw it in the trash or to put it down the sink or something like that because the antibiotics get into the environment that way. There are bugs all over the environment and it could potentially increase the problem we're seeing of antibiotic resistance. So, But they, um, but they shouldn't have any left over anyway because you're supposed to finish the if course. If they finish the course, of course, yes, you're right. But, you know, for reasons people do have antibiotics at home in a cupboard, it's not uncommon. It may yeah, have expired, as as, for instance. And But people also feel as soon as they feel better, I don't need to take any more anti into more of the course. That's and incorrect, though, That's incorrect, it? yeah, absolutely. That's something that could lead on to antibiotic resistance as well. So important to take the antibiotics as directed always to complete the course that your doctor has prescribed for you and if you do have anything at home in the cupboard uh, do please bring it into your pharmacist for safe disposal. What about the flu jab? So we're encouraging people to get the flu jab. It's not too late to get it this year. Um, if you uh, are the people who are at uh, risk of severe flu in particular so those would be uh, people over the age of 65, uh, people with chronic illnesses, uh, pregnant women 
and uh, also very important for people who work in healthcare because it protects the, the, the person themselves, the healthcare worker, from getting the flu and it protects their patients from getting the flu. Um, so a healthcare worker could have the flu for uh, a couple of days with minor symptoms and could be shedding it and exposing uh, the people that they're working for to the flu virus without knowing it. And none of us want to go to work and, 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 and harm our patients. So, um, you know, the flu jab is, is available. You can't get the flu if from getting the flu jab. That doesn't, it's, it's, a, it's an inactivated virus. So um, it's a safe and uh, effective measure. And uh, for people who have a, a GP visit card or a medical card and who meet the criteria discussed for you there, they can get it for free from their pharmacy or from their GP. So we're absolutely encouraging people to get uh, the flu jab this, this year. Uh, and it's not too late. We're starting to see some flu uh, circulate in the region at the moment so we expect that in the next couple of weeks it's really going to take off um, so it's time to get the flu jab if you're one of the people who needs it and you haven't yet Are more and more people getting it now? Um, it varies from year to year. the flu jab or yeah, the flu. The flu. so the flu jab um, so I think there's a, an increased awareness around it and I think the availability the increased availability of it through pharmacies in the last couple of years and not just through GP is a good thing um, and in the hospital, we make major drives every year to uh, to uh, get people, uh, healthcare workers, to get the flu drive and protect their patients. And so, my it's not mandatory at this point, it. is it? It's not mandatory, but um, we, there has we, been talk, I think, of making it mandatory, hasn't? There's been talk, I, in international experience in a lot of centres is that um, yeah, persuading people um, is is uh, effective. It, it requires a lot of work, but we have an excellent occupational health team in the hospital that go around and do outreach clinics. They visit all the wards. They're down there in the hospital canteen when I go in to get my lunch and they're, they're trying to pull, pull people aside and say, go on, get your flu vaccine if you haven't had it already. Uh, they give out, uh, I'm, I'm wearing right now a, a lanyard around my neck that says, I've had the flu vaccine, have you had yours? Um, to encourage everybody in the hospital to, to think about getting the flu vaccine. So, the, you know, with, with outreach and persuasion and telling healthcare workers who always want to do a good job for their patients and offer safe care for their patients that, uh, you know, this is available and it will help protect you and your patients, that's very effective, we find. And what about the flu itself? Uh, we hear rumours every year about, like, you know, a particular virus. It, uh, I think the Australian virus. It does it usually go to Australia first. It's usually the, the, Australia yeah. first because their winter season is, is you Before know, when they're having our yeah. summer. Yes, and so. then it comes over here. I mean, right. are, are we looking forward to a particularly bad flu season this year or what? We we don't know. Um, I suppose we, we, we never really know until it hits us. Um, the last bad flu season, particularly bad flu season we had in uh, Ireland, I think was 2013. Would that um, have been a swine flu year? Uh, I don't know if it was the swine flu or a different variant of the influenza A virus that year. That this, The particular swine flu was a particular problem in 2009. Okay. Um, we won't know until we, you know, look at the figures from sort of December and January what the predominant circulating virus in Ireland will be. Um, and, you know, the Australian experience may not necessarily be applicable to what we see in the Northern Hemisphere and in Ireland this year. So I think it's too early to say. Um, but, you know, any year there's a potential for it to be a bad flu year. And really what we can do is prepare the hospital so we have winter preparedness and flu preparedness mm. actions that we take every year and um, we can prepare our healthcare workers by telling them to get the flu vaccine and the public can do their part as well by getting the flu vaccine if they're in those vulnerable groups that would be at risk of getting a very severe flu infection that could land them up in the hospital for instance. But the advice if for example they have failed to get the flu vi uh, vaccine and they develop symptoms, yes. you know, the advice would be 
bed rest, fluids, no antibiotics. In the in the first instance, yes. And to get some information, uh, you know, people people like to be informed. They like to feel empowered to, to you know to make decisions about their health, and they need um, you know accurate information about that and reliable information. There could be misleading information out there on the internet. So we do encourage people to go to undertheweather.ie. Uh, it'll tell them about measures they can take to feel better, to, to get themselves better. Like you say, it's often taking time away from work to make sure that, you know, you're recovering your energy levels and that you're not exposing people there to 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 the flu virus. Um, measures like taking painkillers like paracetamol or ibuprofen to control the muscle aches and to keep the fever down. Fluids are very important. Rest and of course, not spreading the virus onto other people. So it's important to wash your hands frequently because that's how many uh, viruses and bacteria are transmitted is on our hands. And if you have a cough or you're sneezing, to uh, cough or sneeze into a tissue. And if you don't have a tissue available, you can always do it into the crook of your arm, which is yeah. quite effective at, present, at preventing the bugs from uh, spraying around the place as well. Um, so those are the measures that we're advising. And for the most part, if people get it, they don't need to visit their GP. But, you know, if... They're, if they're worried about their healthcare, about their health, and they feel things aren't getting better, they can go and have a discussion with the GP. And as we mentioned earlier, if the outcome is the GP gives advice but says, "I really don't feel an antibiotic is the right thing for you here," then that's a that's a win essentially, and it means that you're not being exposed to unnecessary harm, and we're reducing the risk of antibiotic resistance so that they really work for us when we absolutely have to have them when they're crucial that they work. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Um, Dr. Patrick Stapleton of UHL. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.